0: You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. How can we be men and women who honor God in our work? Find out in this message by Pastor Ryan Gidor. It's an exciting week once again, and I know that uh, indeed um, God has a word for you. And thank God it's Monday. How many of you here are excited for tomorrow? Again, we go to work and we meet our boss, and I know that some of you here, you can't even reconcile that, but I hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged this morning because I know that there is a bigger reason more than just working weekly in and weekly out, and I know that uh, some of you here, the reason why you miss out on really why the Lord has uh, called you in the marketplace because you think that your job is an isolated case. You think you're working and the goal is just to earn a living. You're getting it all wrong. Work was given by God as a blessing. The reason why work became difficult because of what? Of sin. But I want you to know that work is a blessing and I hope that more than just uh, really earning so much money and uh, bringing food to the table that you will understand that as you work on a daily basis, that you are also part of what God is uh, doing in your company, in this planet, and in your family. I want you to know that you're not just doing or you're not working as an individual just uh, for you to uh, comply to what is as of you. You are part of what God is doing. And because you do understand and more than just your isolated function, that you are what? You are. are really working side by side with God as He redeems humanity, now you can be encouraged every morning to come to work and do what God has called you to do. Work is a calling as well. So I'm excited that this message series will really give us a, a different perspective of what work is all about. After this installment, we will understand that work is a blessing from God. Thus, we can reflect His character, that we go to work and we can uh, possess that kind of character on how we can go about our Uh, daily routines so how many of you here let me ask are working how many of you here are working okay working and happily working you just have to raise your hand fake it until you make it okay okay you're working you wish that you're working Uh, bored that you're working some of you here once in a while let's face this uh, fact that we're bored once in a while and we go through the routines of working that you kiss your wife on your way to work slam the door and kick the dog that's 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 been your routine okay Do you understand that? You've been so routinary in uh, your approach to work that every single day it's the same old boring routines that you kiss your wife, slam the door, kick the dog, kiss your wife, slam the door, kick the dog, and you kiss your wife, uh, slam the door, kick the dog, and you slam your wife, uh, kiss the dog, and I don't know, kiss the door. I mean, uh, uh, you just don't know and you don't really know the heart why you're working. And when you are bored with working, you miss out on what God is presently doing in your life and wherever you're working. Work is a blessing from God reflecting His character and should be enjoyed through faithfulness. God started work and sets the standard for work. Work is from God and He commanded men to work because of this. We work for God and no one else. Thus, work becomes worship to God. Amen. Yeah. You're not just worshiping God, okay? Uh, side by side with One Direction uh, every Sunday, but you know that as you go to your offices, you are doing this for the glory of God. Once in a while, you overlook that because you're doing it for your boss, you're doing it for your career, you're doing it for your family. But the bottom line of all of this is that you're doing this for God. Amen? And thus, we can work according to what God wants. God also wanted to work with us and made work as a gift to us. So my concern is that in this topic, why do at times, okay, people like us, when we work and we are seen by people publicly, we perform and we want their approval, but privately, you are a different person. When your boss is not around, you what? You horse around, okay? Uh, you, you what? You borrow paper clips and bond paper to bring it home. Borrow, not steal, okay? Because that's one way for us once in a while to justify that. I'm not stealing, I'm borrowing in case okay, I will have the opportunity I can repay the company back. So it starts with a paper clip or a bond paper or or eventually the the photocopying machine. You you bring it at home and and people will ask you, uh, why would you do such thing? And, and, And it can escalate. And before you know it, you're stealing from the company. Because you miss the whole point that you are in that company, not just for you to really benefit from the company, but you are a representative of God in that company. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says you are God's ambassador and you represent Him proper, uh, properly. That you don't have to be perfect, but you just have to what? Allow God's glory to reflect upon your life. And that is an amazing experience, an amazing opportunity to represent God. Amen. And that is why it is exciting every morning that as we wake up, that we're not just performing right in front of our our boss and our clients. That we are just what? We are, we are serving a God, an audience of one. That we're doing everything that we're doing because we're doing it for God. Amen. So the question that I want to ask you, do you only perform when your boss is around? Or you only give your best excellently when you're faced with one of your clients? Because at the end of the day... Nobody can uh, give you the approval and acceptance that you need. You can perform. I'm telling you right now, your boss will be happy, but the following day, he will not be happy with your life and your performance. But when it comes to God, we wake up this morning, at times you don't trust yourself. You don't feel like that God will accept you, but in the eyes of God, you are the apple of his eye. Amen. When it comes to, to God, you are accepted, you are approved. There is nothing in this world that can change God's mind when it comes to how He loves you so much. How many of you here are encouraged that God's love is unconditional? Yes, we falter. Yes, we fall. Yes, we commit mistakes. Amen. But God will take you in any hour of the day because at the end of the day, the reason why we're performed is because we have collided with God's love for us. It is not because... We would want to solicit approval from from God. In fact, we have been approved by God. Thus, we can work properly. Thus, we can perform properly. Thus, we can give our all excellently. Amen. Are you excited this morning? Amen. So I want to read right here in the book of Colossians. So I want to read right here in chapter 3. Okay, And this uh, message was written by Apostle... Paul, to the church in Colossae. Chapter 3, verse 22. Okay? The message here, bond servants. These are not just servants. People that more than just being enslaved by a decree, there is a relationship that goes with it. And the Bible says, bond servants, verse 22, obey in in everything those who are your earthly masters, your boss, the owner of your company. Not by... Way of eye service, just to appease them as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Therefore, your compliance to what is asked of you is what? Through the Lord, not just a standalone responsibility. Amen? That you're doing everything for your God and not just your boss. Do you understand? And because you're doing it for God, your company, your boss will benefit from your performance. In verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. How many of you here, you're excited that you know the Lord will bless you someday? Raise your hands. Come on now. If you want God to bless your life. Not a lot. How many of you here, you woke up this morning and your desire is to be cursed by God? Anybody here? Nobody, everyone wants to be blessed by the Lord. We want God to bless us. But the question is, are you doing things based on what God wants? Or you want God to comply to what you want? Most of us, we do that. We do things according to what we want instead to uh, according to what God wants. And that is something that will be detrimental to our destiny and purpose. You are serving the Lord Christ. And that is why everything that we do revolves around what God wants. Amen? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that you've given each and every one of us. We welcome your Holy Spirit that Though, Lord, I know a lot of people in this room are familiar with this message, they're familiar with this, Lord God, exhortation from your word, but I pray that you do away familiarity, that every single minute of this message, Lord God, would be something fresh, Lord God, and exciting, that you prepare our hearts, Lord God, to fulfill what you've called us to do as we work and as we are involved in our companies. We give you all the glory for the manifestation of your presence this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and Amen. We want to do things God's way, amen? But a lot of people fail in their work. Most of them are Christians because they think that by being a believer, being a Christian, will guarantee that everything that you touch will what? Will fly, will work, will succeed. That's not the case, my friend. So there are a lot of people, though they have a relationship with God, they fail as employees and workers. And one of these things is uh, what? This word, laziness. If you're lazy, you will not, What? Succeed in life. It is in God's word. A lot of people who doesn't even believe in God, and I'm not here to condone this posture, a lot of people who doesn't believe in God are successful than any of us because they are very, very hardworking. If you're lazy, I don't have to explain that. The Bible says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So if there are things that we need to forewarn ourselves are things that disrupts our main goal. If you are what? If you are a type of person that you have a lot of things on your lap and you want to cover everything you're getting, okay, you're, you're, you're missing the point. Ask yourself, Lord, what kind of person you want me to be? What kind of talents and gifts you have deposited in my life? And let me stick my neck out just to just uh, uh, really be faithful at what you have blessed me with. A lot of people, okay, the reason why they're lazy because they don't understand that God has a great plan for their lives. They don't understand how the Lord has created them. And God wants them to be productive. (laughs) Thus, okay, they choose, okay, to stay where they are and just allow things to fall in the right places. A Filipino lingo I've read in the internet says, okay lang yung tamad, hindi naman pagod. It's not in the Bible, Okay, and mahirap magpakasipag kung ikaw ay tamad. <laughs> I hope that that's not the kind of posture we're from. Some okay employees, and I know you know the these people. I mean, they have big uh, really what big talk, less work. They just want to okay uh, really overpromise but underdeliver. Proverbs fourteen twenty three: In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Some. Are involved in get rich quick scheme i have nothing against multi-level marketing but if your approach is not just to be blessed by the lord so that you can be a blessing you just want uh, you just want money because you think money defines who you are you're getting it all wrong not just multi-level but any company if your number one goal is for you to earn money and lose why you need money and lose the meaning lose the purpose why god wants to bless you so as you can be a blessing Okay, money will do more harm than good. Amen. How many of you here are believing God for a car? You want God to bless you? I mean, if you're believing it for a car, why not ask God for a bigger one so you can invite somebody to ride with you? Every time we ask God for something, don't just ask God for what will suffice your needs. Ask God, Lord, more than with what I want and what I need, Lord, let me be a blessing to other people. It is my prayer. And I'm telling you right now, the Lord will bless you with so much because you know that more than just what you want, the Lord can use you to be a channel of his blessing. Some people are half-hearted. And if you are a what? A, an individual that was born in the era of Michael Jordan. Amen. How many of you here are familiar with Michael Jordan? Pastor Chico, I'm not familiar. I am in the era of Steph Curry. Okay. I'm just kidding. Okay. Michael Jordan, you're familiar with him? And he is what? A, a type of athlete okay that epitomizes what it is that no matter if you're sick or you're not performing well that you give your all and you play with your passion the reason why i was attracted to christianity not because of baby jesus because i have yet to find somebody who would give his might on the cross hundred percent to die for what he believes and because of that you came to know him and you were spared from your eternal damnation, and the lord rerouted your steps so that you can have a relationship with him. Where can you find somebody who is what? Who is known as the king of kings and the lord of lords that would die for his passion. That's where To go up the cross and hang himself and die for what he believes is something that is appealing and attractive. I came to know God because the God I'm serving, he is masculine, he's strong. And death could not stop him. The reason why I worship God because I believe that my God is powerful and mighty. Thus, I believe that the God that we serve is not half-hearted. He is totally devoted to us and to what the Father has called him to do. Well, the passage we are about to read at times has uh, really created a connotation because this passage, for some of you here who's familiar okay, with this, uh, uh, really literature, By King Solomon, known as King Lemuel. You're familiar with that? Okay, King Lemuel, also known as King Solomon, okay, gleaned to uh, the things that he has observed from his mother. You know, the mother of Solomon. Her name is Bathsheba, okay? And this is what was written in Proverbs 31, verse 11. In fact, Proverbs 31 is not just only the basis of how to find the right one. Some of us, we have used this as a reference of finding the right spouse. Okay, more than just finding the right spouse as the basis, uh, I hope that you do understand that all scriptures are what are God-breathed. It is something that is not only intended for women, but for men as well. And this is how it was written. Verse 11 The heart of her husband trusts in her, okay, and he will have no lack of gain. And Solomon was uh, writing this uh, uh, really observation, and this is not just intended for women. In fact, if this is intended for women, I want to bring the bar higher. If this is what King Solomon is requiring from women, I hope that men, amen you will go beyond this requirement, amen? I realized when I tied the knot with my wife where she fell in love with me. And I was hesitant at first. I'm just kidding. Um, My wife is right here. Her name is Eileen. I fell in love with her, and we've been married for 10 years. And it's like 10 months. I mean, mean, uh, and and we've been married for 10 years. I realized, and I was very, very excited because uh, the pastor told me that I'm the leader of our household. I call the shots, Amen when it comes to our finances, direction of our marriage, when it comes to how I would disciple her, I overlook that I should lead in humility. I should lead in saying sorry. It's part of the contract. So if you're here, you're a man, you're saying, I'm glad I'm the man of the house. Please, I want to remind you that you should lead in saying sorry, in saying thank you, and saying I love you. Amen, men. Some of the, the wives are... Okay, you're saying yes, amen, okay? And I'm telling you the reason why I'm excited to deliver this message because this is the kind of person that God wants us to be. That we should be individuals that can be trusted. And a person that can be trusted, okay, can have the confidence of people around him or her, even his own boss, amen. The heart of her husband trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. So if you are trusted, you are reliable and dependable. Amen. My question with you right now, when the going gets tough in your company, can you be trusted by your boss? Because at the end of the day, it is not just soliciting approval from your boss because you have God by your side and you know the Lord will not allow you to falter. Amen. And as an employee as a business owner, as, as an, uh, somebody from the entertainment industry like me. Yeah, I'm the alternate actor of Bemble Rocco. It, uh, I mean, you can be trusted, amen. Why? Because you know that at the end of the day, this is what's expected of you, and by the grace of God, you will come out stronger than before because the Bible says, that as you develop a what? A lifelong relationship with God. The goal is for you to grow in. What? Character. Okay, character is not just something that we hear from leadership trainings. If you're a single woman, this is the kind of men you will, uh, you, you need to search for. Amen? Single women, come on now. Men that are what? Are, are men of character. When you say character, somebody that has a car. No, I'm just kidding. A character or a, a, a personality. And I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> okay. uh, no, no, no. Okay. No, a person of character. And a person of character is somebody, just like what John Maxwell said, is somebody who, what? Who is consistent in both public and his private life. Okay. And when you have character, okay, part of that is that you become consistent, whether public or private. Amen. Because you're consistent, just like what the Bible says, you can be trusted. Amen. That you are a person of consistency, and a person of consistency is really a person who's the same public and in his private life. But a person consistent is also a person of integrity. The word integrity came from the word integer, which means a what number? A whole number. You're whole. You're complete. Because the foundation of your character is not just what you think you're good at. The reason why you are a person of character because this is a byproduct of your devotion to the Lord. I am telling you right now, it is amazing to be changed by God. I cannot change you. But to be a person of character, you need God in your life. You can fake it. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of us, we have, we have given our best to be a good person. That we want to be approved and accepted by people. But apart from Christ, you will never transform. Amen. How many of you here, you're thankful that day in and day out, God is changing your life and your heart? Amen. That is amazing. And thus, these are the things that attracted me to Christianity. That one day, every time I would curse, and every time I would think to cut classes when I was in grade 4, I cut classes when I was in grade 4. And that's not something that I'm proud of. Okay, Grade four to second year high school, I would do that routinely. I came to know the Lord when I was in second year. The Lord convicted me to be good at my studies because this is my platform to share the gospel. And one of my classmates told me, if your grades aren't resurrecting, I don't think I can listen to you. It took me a while to recover. But I'm telling you right now, I finished college and that's a miracle. I'm telling you. And because of that, I realize one thing, that more than just my desire to be approved by men and more than just my approval to work hard because I want my boss or my clients to accept me, I only work for the audience of one, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're only working for this audience. Yes, we want to comply to what is required of us, but our ultimate pursuit is that we want to do this for God. You know, one of the things I realized in my walk with the Lord is that if you want to grow in character, your faith must always be tested. And I read right here in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 count it all joy. Can you smile right now? It's a joy to be tested. Amen? My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your produces steadfastness. Beautiful word. Steadfast means somebody who's steady and fastened amidst all the chaos. That's a person of faith. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Just like that famous Centrum commercial, Gusto ko maging complete. Do you understand that? I don't know if you've encountered that. It's a reminder that In the midst of all the challenges and various kinds of trials, the goal is for you to be strong, amen, in order for you to have the character. And that process includes a growing faith. So if you're here right now, you run away from all the testings and the trials, and I'm telling you right now, you can't run away from it. It will haunt you. My prayer is that you will have the grace to face it because you're not doing it alone. Because that's, what God will do to your life. In order for you to grow in character, you have to be tested. Now, you realize one thing, that faith is a muscle. And what do muscles do when they're stretched? They will grow back stronger. As you go through testings of life, your muscles will be stretched. And it might not sound right. And after a day of exercise, if you're lifting weights just like me, that's my body before I came to know the Lord, but the Bible says the fat is of the Lord, so I opted to gain one. I'm just kidding. You know what? I, I realize that you need to be stretched in order for you to grow in faith. And I'm telling you right now, as we go through trials and and various testings, you will what you will develop the strength and the capacity. That Lord, it is because of all these things that I've been through that I'm growing in character. Ladies well, and gentlemen. I am willingly desiring that if God will allow me to go through what I need to go through, I will never hesitate because it is for my advantage. So my question with you right now, what is expected from a Christian worker? The first one is character. second one is competence. What is competence? An ability to what? To do things efficiently. Again, the posture that we need to have It's not because we're good at it, because we have something to prove. A lot of us here, you're fighting for approval and acceptance because there is something to prove. There is nothing to prove and no one to impress. If you exist to prove something, you are bound to fail because people in this world are very, very cruel. You can approve them today and you can find and solicit approval today, but tomorrow they will fail you in Christ alone that we can find our approval and acceptance. And thus, I do things for Christ and for Him alone. Amen? Ability to do something successfully. So I do pray that all of us will be competent as workers. How many of you here? Honestly, raise your hand. You're a type of employee that you see things and you see the future in a way. You're a visionary person. Lord, this is where it's headed. If you're that person... That's not just any, uh, any gift or talent. The Lord deposited that element in your, or virtue in your heart. And I want you to be excited. A lot of people, they have so much, okay, in their system that by understanding how the Lord has created them to be and the Lord, how the Lord can give you a glimpse that God, I am distinct, I'm different. If you're that person, I want you to cherish and appreciate it. However, everything begins with Character. I know you can be competent, but if your character stinks, nobody will hire you. People might be attracted to you, but if you're not consistent, you're not credible. No matter how good you are, nobody will hire you. It is my prayer that we will grow in character, that you're not just a believer, but you're competent. You're not always late. We're early for what? For next week's appointment. You're so late, but you're early for the next week's appointment. You're still late. I do pray that we're not just believers that are worshiping, the Lord, reading our Bibles and are very, very religious when we go to our companies. If you are a fashion designer, I hope you're so good at whatever you're doing. If you're a restaurant owner, you know that this company, this restaurant will be sought by food lovers. If you are that person, God wants you to have that pedestal, not because it would be for your own fame and glory but because when you are on a pedestal you can tell people about who Jesus is amen so when character and competence overlap trust develops it is my prayer that more than just our religious jargons of praise the lord hallelujah some of us are like that we're so religious na pagdating sa office good morning praise the lord please habang type ka nagii ka, ka hallelujah If if your employees and your boss is asking, how's how's our deadline? Boss anointed. Don't do that, okay? Uh, Some of us are so religious. Ask God to give you the grace to perform well. And this is what's written as an observation of King Lemuel, also known as King Solomon, Okay, from uh, his mother Bathsheba. As I continue, verse 13 to 16, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. When they say willing, somebody who will go out of her way. This is the kind of person. Some of us, okay, I know there is wisdom when somebody tasks you to do something in your company, but your top of the list reason is that it's not part of my responsibility. This is the observation of King Solomon. That you do things not just in the area of your responsibility but the area of your initiative. Because I know that God has called me to be part of this company. In verse 14, she is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and the portions for her maidens. I can't help but, but remember okay my Wife, for the past few years, she turned her back on her job and opted to be a what? A, a homemaker. How many of you here women? You don't have uh, work outside of your household and you're staying at home and, you're, and, and you're, you're building your family with your husband. Raise your hands right now. We're not proud of it. Raise your hands. Come on, I want you to be Can we give them a round of applause? Because usually that's where we derive our identity. Anong are Na nailang po lang. Okay? You're not just a mother. You're shaping the destiny of your children and your family. And because of that, the Lord will reward your faith. It's clear right here in verse 16 she considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. Because she's not just doing this to have a great family, she knows that more than just doing this for God, her ultimate job is done for an ultimate God. And thus, but Sheba became very, very successful. She did not have a good start, but I'm telling you right now, to have a son who's the wealthiest is something because her son saw it at home. So if you're a mom, don't you ever undermine your job and your responsibility. Be the best mom out there that people will pay to watch you live like a mom. Amen. The Bible is very, very clear. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. I do pray that you will be diligent, that you will have the far every time you are in front of that computer. Amen. That you know that God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, the Lord will prosper you day in and day out. You'll be so good in whatever you're doing that when you leave your company, your boss doesn't have any option but to close it down. Do you understand? You're that good that in your absence, they'll have to close it down. It sounds, okay, an exaggeration. But God wants you to be in that pedestal. Why? So that you can be his mouthpiece, the people in your company. In the same chapter, a different translation, lazy people are soon poor, hard workers get rich. How many of you here, you want to be rich? All of us. Some of you are very, very rich. Amen? Come on now. Say this in your seat, I'm rich. Okay? Tell it to your husband, I'm rich. You understand? We are rich. Not because you enjoy the concept that money will bring comfort, but I hope that you go beyond just the comfort of what money can provide. Because you know that with the money in your pocket, you can advance the kingdom of God further. I'm not saying that if you're poor, you cannot. But I'm telling you right now, a lot of people will come to know the Lord because you have so much money. And that is my prayer. I declare a prophecy. The people in this room will get rich. Not because we exist for money, but we know that money is a tool to advance God's kingdom. Proverbs to 29, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. the last part, after character competence, that we will people of conduct. You know the word conduct came from a Latin word that represents what? A music conductor. Do you understand that? Conduct is living your life in perfect harmony. And I hope that kind of person, just like what I mentioned in my introduction, that you are the same person, both private and public, That your life is living in perfect harmony in public and private. But most of us, we perform publicly, but we stink privately. Same thing with God. You can say praise the Lord, hallelujah, and raise your hand in church, but you have a consistent devotion to God in your private moments. I'm telling you right now, consistency will make a huge difference in your life. Even if you're not gifted and talented, just be consistent. You will make it to the finish line. To topple down a wall doesn't need a strong blow. You just need to be consistent. To pound it consistently until it crumbles down. That's the kind of life that God wants us to have. I, uh, three, four days ago, I was very, very surprised. I've got an eight year old, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. I have got two sons, two daughters, and my two boys are interfacing, interacting. And I was eavesdropping because I just want to check uh, where their conversation is headed. And my son was telling his younger brother that he is a robot. I was the inventor, and I created you, adopted you into this family. A nine-year-old telling his younger brother that he is a robot. So for the past three days, consistently, the older brother has been telling, hey, robot, 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 come here, robot. Okay? And, and, And that's funny, but I'm telling you right now, I realized after four days, because of his consistency, this morning I was praying, and my son, my younger son, approached me and told me, Dad, can I ask you something? And I told him, Son, you can ask anything. And he told me, Am I really a robot? <laughs> and I realized it has gotten into his system because his brother is just so consistent, bombarding him that he's a robot. You know, I have to call for my, my, my older son, approach him, I told him his name is Benjamin. Benjamin, can you sit down? I don't think this is really healthy. Don't call your brother a robot. It's not fair. Yes, Dad, I'm very, very sorry. You know, I want you to approach your brother and apologize to him. My son went to his brother, asked him, Benaya, come here. The younger brother's name is Benaya. Benaya, can you approach me? Can you turn around? Let me check your battery. <laughs> Parenting is hard work, my friend. The moral lesson of the story is that I'm telling you right now. My son is not a robot. No, I'm just kidding. That consistency, okay, without you knowing it. At times, you don't agree with it. But the more you're consistent, the more that you become like one. That's who we are as representatives of God in our companies. That you're a man of character. You're a man of competence, and you're a man of conduct. As I end, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Amen. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up. Amen. And call her blessed. This is the kind of man and woman you'll become. Her husband. His wife. Also. And he... She praises her. Charm is deceitful. Let's not just be consumed with the, with the looks and the image that we have. But I hope that our priority is what? Is on the character and the virtue. And beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord. A man who fears the Lord is to be praised. Christ is the reason why we are doing what we are doing. In verse 5, as I close this one, Ephesians 6, chapter 5, verse 9. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Say this with me. With a sincere heart as I would with Christ. You're obeying, you're following your boss because you're doing it for Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service, with a good will as to the Lord and not men, Let me say that once again, as to the Lord and not man. You're doing this for God. And it is my prayer that you will have a perspective that if you're doing this for God, it is God that will eventually reward you. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free masters if you are a boss a ceo somebody in the executive level masters do the same to them okay band stop your threatening okay it's from the english standard version knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with them and thus as we consider that the boss that we have and the boss that we have in heaven is one and the same I do pray that as we end this series and as we close this week and as we start working, as we start doing what God has called us to do, we can say every morning on every Monday morning, thank God it's Monday. I'm not alone. I'm doing this for an audience of one. We just bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful moment that all of us, we came from all walks of life. We came from different types of careers. And yet, Lord, you have deposited, Lord God, one value, one virtue, one concept, that we work because we're doing this for you. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, no looking around, if you're here right now, you're saying, God, elevate me, promote me. Let me use that promotion as my podium, my platform for your gospel to be preached. I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, as high as you can. Come on now. Lord, thank you for the hands that are lifted high. Lord, this hands, Lord God, recognize that wherever you will put me, Lord, at times I'm surprised with what you're doing in my life. But Lord God, I am totally consumed that wherever I am situated, Lord, let it be a platform to bring the gospel. You can put down your hands. If you are a boss, a CEO, you own a a factory or or a, a business, and you're saying right now, God, give me the wisdom how to use this opportunity for the people. Working under my care to hear the gospel. I want you to raise your hand. Lord, thank you for company owners in this room. That they will see that more than just their daily affairs, that their company is dedicated. I want you right now, if you're a boss or a company owner or a CEO, I'm giving you 30 seconds. I want you to tell Jesus, Jesus, I dedicate my company. I dedicate the people in that company. That in my lifetime, my legacy is not just to earn and expand this company, look, God. That is not my legacy. My legacy is that people in my company has been invited into a fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we close this morning, if you're here right now or you've been coming in and out of this gathering, but you know in your heart, that you don't have a relationship with God. You know why you don't have a relationship? Because there is no transformation. Walang pagbabago. We can only grow in character, in conduct, in competence when we have Christ in our hearts. So if you're here right now, you're saying, I want to start right. I want to follow Christ and I want to start right. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say this prayer after me. A decision that you will not regret. Say this after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. Say this after me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Heavenly I repent from all known sins and I want to follow Jesus Christ Father. for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. and amen. amen. Can we give God once again a clap offering? Come on now. Thank God it's Monday. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victorialabang.org and in the Victoria Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.